0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Welcome back for episode 17 of the Believe in Padres Prospects podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, San Diego's number one sports podcast network. Wade is out today. So, Reinhardt here as always. Wade says he has the flu, which I thought was a little strange because who gets the flu in October? But for now, we'll wish him a speedy recovery. Better not see him in PB this weekend. But anyway, we got a show to do. Luckily, we're recording this on Thursday afternoon. The Padres have announced, or someone in the organization has leaked at least, that they are hiring a manager, and as you all know... I'm sure at this point, the manager is Jace Tingler. So, yay. I feel like that's that's the most <laughs> appropriate response is uh, a shoulder shrug emoji for Jace Tingler. We're going to talk about him a little bit later. But first, we've got an interview with my guy, Kyle Glazer, writer at Baseball America. He's in Arizona catching some fall league action, covering Team USA, which is also out there. And just today, actually, he published. I saw in Baseball America he published the NL West draft grades. So go check those those out. There's a a paywall, but I think if you, I think you get like five free articles a month to read if you're not a subscriber. So if you don't subscribe, I would definitely sacrifice one of those free readings you get happily for this article. Check out the Padres draft grades. Check out all the division rival draft grades. Um, definitely worth it. I I would think so. So let's do that first. We'll get right into it here with Kyle Glazer. All right. We are joined by friend of the show, San Diego's favorite son and star of baseball America, Kyle Glazer, who's out in Arizona covering the fall league. Follow him on Twitter at Kyle a Glazer. How's it going out there, Kyle? Doing all right. You're You're uh, you're too kind. I don't know if I've surpassed uh, Tony Hawk
0: and John Lynch and many others as San Diego's favorite son, but uh, doing what I can.
1: Um, are you back in San Diego full-time right now? Uh, yeah, I'm back in Southern California full-time, so it's, it's good to be home. Nice. Congratulations. Um, and we appreciate you making some time for us today. I know you're a busy guy. Got to get back into those fall league games soon. Um, first question I want to ask you was, You've been out there for a couple of weeks now. Who's, who's been the guy that has stood out to you, maybe separated himself a little bit from maybe what you expected going into the fall league so far. Uh well, I actually only got here yesterday, so I've been here. Oh, ah, well, day. well, <laughs> <laughs> okay. You got there um, yesterday. Who has stood out in one day to you?
0: Uh, I mean, two Reds prospects, Tyler Stevenson and Stuart Fairchild, uh, hit very, very well last night. Uh, Stevenson was uh, was a high pick, eleventh overall in twenty fifteen. Had some injuries and has really struggled, but you really start to see uh, the impact of the back coming around. He, he handled uh, everything behind the plate pretty well last night. And then you know, Stuart Fairchild is just a, a good baseball player. Like he's not all that you know flashy, but you look up and he's reached base four times. Um, just. You know, mm-hmm. does a lot of good things at the plate and finds, you know, is a really good defender in center field. So, um, you know, there, there's there's some good things coming up the red system position player wise. Um, you know, we'll see if they can translate that into wins at the major league level, which have eluded them for a while now. But uh, they, they've got some talent coming
1: up. It's, that was very, very clear watching
0: last night's game.
1: So maybe you just got there, but I'm sure you've been following kind of who's been doing what in the fall league so far. Forrest Whitley's been really good. Um, there's some Padres doing a couple things out there. Not not a whole lot. They're not the stars um, of the Padre organization. But is there a guy that you're expecting to see in the fall league that um, isn't maybe a top 100 prospect yet, or is about to be someone that you do expect to to make some noise um, next year in the in the prospect world? Oh, Brandon Marsh, by far the Angels outfielder. This is a guy that
0: I felt should be a top 100 prospect for a while now. Uh, my colleagues didn't all agree with me, but. Uh, the Angels kind of tinkered with his swing to his detriment for a while. And they finally let him be, uh, you know, stand him up in his stance and let him be the athlete that he is. And we've seen uh, the results here in the fall league. He's been, you know, one of the best players statistically. He's been one of the best players just kind of, you know, watching, you know, from the eye test. Um, This is someone that I think is not only a top 100 prospect, but uh, easily a top 75 prospect in baseball. When you look at the tools, the age and the production and, Uh, I think this is someone that will make some noise uh, or, you know, he's made noise already. He's appeared in our top 100 before he's not on it right now, but this is a really, really good player that I think is, is better than he's uh, maybe considered by, by
1: some out there. You read my mind. I was going to get to a Brandon Marsh question later in the show. So nice, nice job out of you. Do you expect him to, I don't know, maybe push for a major league spot sometime next year? Uh, it's going to depend on injuries. Obviously, Trout's in center
0: field. Justin Upton still signed in left field. Um, the Angels have a decision make with Cole Calhoun and whether or not they bring him back next year. Uh, but Joe Adele is first in line. He's farther up the organizational ladder than Brandon Marsh. He's the better prospect. So, uh, it would, it would take something where, you know, Calhoun doesn't come back and Adele is playing right field every day and then you know trout and or up to get hurt which is possible both of them missed time with injuries this year um so i, I think that's how it would have to happen but but he's in good position he'll, he'll go to triple a to start next year and he'll be in position in case injuries hit
1: moving down the coast we got to get at least one Padres question in since we're a Padres show um i meant the afl is not a Padres heavy league uh mackenzie gore is not there Patino is not there those are the stars um But a guy that we really like here is Owen Miller, more of just like a potential fan favorite college player. um, Didn't have really high expectations coming out of the draft, but what do you really expect from him moving forward? It's all good. It's going to be purely about the bat with him. And
0: then he did a really good job in the Texas league this year. Um, I think there's a very strong sense that he's someone who will play in the major leagues and have a semi regular role. Now, whether that okay is okay. Is he, True everyday second baseman, or is he more of a guy who moves around the infield, plays some first, plays some third, plays some second? Uh, you can match him up off the bench. Um, I, I think the latter is probably more likely. But uh, even though his numbers in the like have not been very good, um, a lot of guys this time of year are pretty tired, and he played a, a long season in the heat in Texas. So give him a little bit of a pass. Um, there, there's a strong sense that he's he's a good hitter who can bounce around the infield and, and do enough for you that. Will have some value, uh, particularly for a national league club.
1: All right, sounds good to me. I mean, you didn't know you don't always expect a lot from those kind of guys coming out of the draft. So, if you can get any kind of major league value out of them, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna be signed up first guy in line. Um, did we give up on Alec Baum too quickly? I feel like when he got drafted, he had a ton of expectations as the college bat of that draft um, in the Phillies organization playing third base. Did he? He, he was really disappointing that first stint in pro ball. Um, it, it's very limited sample size, but people kind of tend to give up quickly on him. Me included. I gave up on this guy quickly Is is one of those like, um, well, Will Craig has come around. I'm trying to think of another example is, is like a big college bat that's come out and then kind of just petered out immediately. Is he going to he looks like he's going to be a dude now, right? Yeah, I mean, we didn't give up on them. We used remained in the top 100 coming into this year. I I think, you
0: know, one thing I always say is never, 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 never crush a guy based off what they do. You know, as soon as they come out of their draft year, these guys are tired. They've played long college seasons, or in some cases, high school seasons. Um, Throw it out. If a guy goes out and performs well, give him credit, but never crush a guy for what they do after they sign. I mean, go back and look at Carlos Correa and Derek Jeter's numbers after they signed; they weren't pretty either. So. Um, I, I think for me, I mean, again, we kept him in the top 100 and he showed it was a fluke. Uh, the The assignment to low A Lakewood was a little curious. That, if anything, was a little more of a red flag. Seeing so a college guy assigned to low A to start his first full season. But it turned out to be an on issue. Um, this guy's hit. He's always hit. Um, there, there's, you know, whether he ends up playing third base, moves to first, goes to right field. Uh, you know, he might end up being kind of like a Nick Castellanos type, like a guy who just hits and hits and hits. and find a spot for him because of the bat
1: does that go for i mean thanks for ruling me in. that's that's your job that's why they pay you the big bucks over there is to keep level <laughs> heads on the rest of us um does that go for high school players as well they're not coming off the, the kind of grueling college seasons there are and i'm thinking guys this year that the Padres took hudson head josh Mears. uh the tools are there people really love the projections but the production in their first you know stint in pro ball maybe wasn't necessarily there do you, do you, are you worried about those guys at all? Is there one guy you like more than the other? And you know, what, what do you think about those two in particular? Yeah. You're not
0: worried about them at all. It's, it's true 2 for high schoolers. Don't put anything into if they struggle in that first, you know, season after they sign, I mean, really kind of throw it out. Don't, don't worry about it. Um, Head has, you know, good reports across the board. Uh, Josh Mears, you know, people still like him. Uh, he ranked in our AZL top 20 prospects. You see the physicality, you see the raw power. Uh, you know, he's coming from cold weather Northwest. He hasn't faced a lot of good velocity. So that's going to be an adjustment. Um, but uh, people see the the body. They see the tools. They see the personality. I mean, again, no no one's burying him out here. He, he's ranked on the top 20 in the AZL, top 20 prospects. Um, he'll be in the Padres top 30. I mean, there, there's a lot to like with him. I, I would not put too much stock at all into what happened in the AZL in a six-week stint after they Come off a long high school season, and really, they you know fall balls become such a monster now. And then there's the showcase season before their uh, their senior year. I mean, in some cases the college the high school guys have been playing more consecutively than some of the college guys, just because it's been mm-hmm. just
1: nonstop for the past year plus. Is there one of does one of those guys scream out to you like top fifteen in the Padres organization by the end of next year? Um. I mean,
0: head is the guy that people people liked a lot of what they saw. And I mean, maybe it's in there, but that would mean, you know, that's that's if a bunch of guys graduate, if some guys get moved to trades. I mean, is it possible? Sure. Never say never. But um, again, it would have a lot to do with what else happens around him in addition
1: to just what he does. Yeah. And we expect, I think you probably expect too, that the Padres are going to trade from their depth in the minors and graduate at least a couple guys and some guys take step forward. So yeah, I see what you mean. There, there could be some, some movement and he gets some help going up. He could crack top 15, but um, I don't know if you've seen Forrest Whitley pitch at all. Um, Well, I guess you just got to the fall league, but he's been pitching really well and hope you get a chance to see him. Um, Assuming Garrett Cole leaves the Astros in the off season, which it kind of looks like he's going to, is he the guy that is going to make Astro fans forget who Garrett Cole is. Well, let's not go there. I mean, Garrett Cole <laughs> just put together one of the best seasons
0: by a pitcher since Randy Johnson in, in yeah. you know, 2001. I, you can't really ever replace a Garrett Cole, and especially expecting that out of a rookie pitcher, no. That's that's not going to happen. But, you know, Forrest Whitley um, entered the year, considered the top pitching prospect in baseball. There's a lot of potential there. He's still young. He's still got stuff. He's still... You know shows you everything you want to see when he's right. So yeah, I mean this could be a frontline major league starter. And you know, five, six years from now, if he's performing at a level that yeah, is is of a true number one starter. I mean, that that is a that is an expectation people around the game have had and would not be surprised if he reaches Um, but no saying in 2020, he's going to make Astros fans forget Garrett Cole. No, (laughs) you need to reel that back by about five, five, five levels.
1: Well, if they win the world series, if they can come back here and then Garrett Cole leaves, I imagine that'll feel a lot less painful. I would, I would hope so for Astro fans. Yes. Um, with all these injuries, well, okay. Going to my guy, my guy is Hayley Lizardo. I love this dude with the A's with all his injuries this year. I expected hit the A's to kind of send him out now that he's healthy to the fall league. I love how he attacks guys. I love his changeup. I think he's the best lefty in the minors. Why? Why do you think the A's didn't send him to the fall league? I mean, this is an arm you want to take care of. I mean, he's yeah. had so many arm problems. Look, he got
0: to the majors. He showed stuff. If you're the A's, you say, okay, you know, go take care of your arms. You can give us a full season next year, or you know, hey, go throw an additional, you know. 20 innings in the fall league when we've already had issues with your durability. Like I, I think the best thing to do is he just finished out pretty well, uh, you know, healthy at AAA to when he came back and then showed you some good things, uh, the final month of the season and then into the playoffs, just let it be. And then that's going to put him in a better position to, uh, you know, break camp next year than than putting him back out in the fall league after a little bit of a shutdown and potentially messing with his, uh, with his health.
1: It doesn't, it doesn't seem like a red flag to you. Like he can't throw he, his innings were so low this year. You can't throw an extra 20 in the fall league. Is it just the break in between? I know that can screw up some pitchers and that's a reason why a lot of the top, the top pitchers don't end up going. Well, keep in mind the A's made the playoffs.
0: I mean, he was pitching on October 2nd, but at which True. point the fall league is half over and there's, there's no reason to say, okay, you know, you just got out of the postseason. Now we're going to rush you to Arizona to try and get you, two or three starts, like it, it does, doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, mm. just let him, you know, by the time he he, he finished the playoffs and how much time is left in the fall leagues, let him chill, let him, let him work on his arm health, let him, you know, go through the processes and be ready for next year. It's, there's no reason to, you know, scramble to get him out here after he was pitching, you know, in early October in the postseason.
1: Fair enough. Uh, I wanted to ask you about Seth beer who, Drafted by the stain with the Astros. Um, well he got didn't Seth Beer get traded recently to the Diamondbacks? He was traded to the Diamondbacks yeah. and the Zach do. I did
0: see Seth Beer last night. There is a lot of loud contact there. Uh, yeah. it's really, really impressive. And the other thing with him too is his body is really cleaned up. You know, I, I saw him for Team USA, uh, at the college national team a few years ago. And he kind of was like a little bit like Garrett Anderson. Like he was like thin in decent shape but he just didn't move very quickly it was like long-legged and kind of slow but you know he got to the ball and then i saw him after he got drafted with Bowie's creek and he his body had gone way backward it was a, a scary uh round and thick lower half it was not trending the way you wanted it to see and it was concerning i would see him again this year he's he's thinned back up he's he's in a you know he's in a good athletic shape and you know you hear, you hear it when he, when he squares it up, it is loud. It echoes throughout the entire ballpark. And there's something to be said for a guy who consistently squares baseballs up and consistently makes loud, hard contact. Um, there, there's something here the diamondbacks, uh, have themselves a good one, uh, defensively, you know, he's never going to be great, but if he's playable, that's all he needs to be with his, with his bat.
1: Him and Jordan Alvarez together. Well, there was going to be him and Jordan Alvarez, uh, do you think Jordan Alvarez seems like he took a big step forward this year, at least with the power? Um, these MLB balls I know have inflated everyone's power numbers across the league, but do you think Jordan Alvarez is now the next kind of big step forward player that we, you know, kind of see once in a while where things just all kind of click at the right time? And now he, like Juan Soto, for example, I'm, I'm thinking like he came up low expectations. Like we all knew he was really good, but then all these things just came together at the last minute. Do you think Jordan Alvarez is that kind of guy too? I mean, Alvarez had a lot. I mean, he was a top 50 prospect coming into the
0: year. His exit velocities were among the best in the minors. I mean, this power was always there. He just had a couple of health issues, but I mean, it's not surprising to see him go up and hit for, you know, a ton of power. Um, Now 27 homers in 87 games. Yeah. That's incredible no matter who you are, but I wouldn't say it's accurate to say this was a shock or a surprise. I mean, if you go back and read the prospect reports, we've had him as a top hundred prospect two years in a row. And this was what he you know, was going to be um, in terms of just his ability to, you know, hit baseballs a very, very, very long way. Um, again, I think 313, 412, 655 as a rookie. Yeah, of course that's really impressive and no one ever really expects that, but, um, we always knew the power was there. We knew he didn't chase and had a really good eye for the zone. And th- there's a lot, there's a lot to build on here. I think he, you know, this is sustainable. Uh, I should say his ability to hit the middle of the lineup for a championship caliber team is sustainable. Is he going to post an OPS over a thousand every single year for his career? Of course not,
1: but, um, he's a good hitter and, and there's a lot here that is real. Who's the name that you've kind of circled on your, your schedule? Like, I can't wait to go see this guy in the next couple of days.
0: Um, you know, so I'm, I'm mostly out here for, uh, team USA's, uh, big yeah. training camp. And that's, that's really kind of my primary, uh, focus while I'm out here. So Xavier um, Edwards then, right? Uh, you know, I've seen enough of Xavier. <laughs> uh, I think the guys that I, I'm curious to see Andrew Vaughn, I think this is, you know, okay. third overall pick and, and he, could really, really, really <laughs> mash uh, in college. And he had a good pro debut. Um, he's on the the Team USA uh, Olympic qualifying team. So that's the guy I'm most curious to see, just what level
1: of bat we're talking about here because all accounts are, it's pretty special. Um, speaking of Xavier Edwards doing some Padre stuff, one last time before we get out of here. Uh, what do you think the Padres do with C.J. Abrams? He, he seems destined for center field, um, assuming they keep him because he's he's been a stud so far and I can't imagine that the, that the Padres or Preller would want to move him in any kind of deal for a starting pitcher, or a a masher. Um, he ends up in center field, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, he, he's capable of playing shortstop, but Fernando Tatis Jr. Is there, he's not going to move Tatis off. So yeah, center field's where he ends up and you know, you watch him, he's got the long lanky body. He's got the speed and the tools to, to fill that role. No problem. I think a, uh, C.J. Abrams center field, Taylor Trammell left field, and at this point, probably Josh Naylor in right field mm. is, is probably the outfield of the future. Um, but, you know, the Padres can very easily move move Naylor in a deal. I, I know some other teams in the American League who do want him, and uh, I think it would be, you know, useful to at least explore that option. So, um, But, yeah, Abrams as the long-term center fielder is is the most likely outcome, you know, today at this point. Again, if you know Tatis' you know body. You know if injuries keep cropping up and it causes him to lose lose a little bit of that uh, explosiveness, he has to move to third. You know, I mean that's always a possibility, but at this point there's no reason to expect for then Tatis Jr. to have to move off of shortstop. And C.J. Abrams has shown
1: he's capable of playing a good center field and and fits very nicely there. I like Taylor Trammell a lot. Um, I had mixed feelings when he got moved over from uh, Cincinnati but there's a few things that worry me. One, the arm in left field. I've heard grades below average and two, I'm not really convinced he's going to hit enough. Um, do any of those things worry you about Taylor Tremel? I mean, the arm is what the arm is. He's a left fielder. He's that.
0: That's what he is. And you just have to kind of live with it. I mean, there are some center fielders with, and it is a below average arm and there's left fielders who have that and you live with it. Um, For him, it's just going to be kind of making some tweaks. Uh, One of the things that came up when we started talking to scouts and talking to the around the game was that um, they really felt that everything to hit was in there for Taylor Trammell, but he just wasn't in the best positions to hit. There were some issues with his setup and just his general swing mechanics, and um, the Padres identified those pretty quickly, even when they acquired him they talked about it on the on the conference call with media how they felt like there were some things they could do especially with his lower half and we started to see some of those things kind of click at the end of the season with Amarillo oh look is Taylor Tramiel ever going to be a a middle of the order 30 home run guy no but you know if he can hit 270 with you know a bunch of doubles and maybe get you to 20 homers 20 steals that's a really good ball player and that's you know, even if that number is 15 homers, it, you know, 30 doubles and, and 15 to 20 steals. Again, that's a solid, good ball player and someone that, frankly, is better than a lot of the players potters have right now. So uh, the hope is, you know, those offensive changes can can kind of take. And, um, you know, it's still very early in the
1: process, but there's a lot of optimism that, that it will. All right, we'll get you out of here on this. I'm giving you one player to take for the rest of his career. Who do you want? Juan Soto, Vlad Jr., Ronald Acuna, or Fernando Tatis Jr.?
0: Uh, <laughs> I mean, what Juan Soto can do with the bat is just something He's so been crazy special. Um, you know, and I'm always going to take the bat. Um, you know, Tatis and Acuna right there. Vlad's a clear fourth in that pecking order for me. Okay. Um, you know, I, again, I just... I would very happily take Ronald Acuna Jr. from Tatis Jr. Um, but what Juan Soto has done now for a year and a half um, against you know the best pitchers in baseball on baseball's biggest stage, uh, he's also improved defensively in left field a lot. Um, you know, people say, oh, you know, up the middle, center field, shortstop, and yeah, I get that, and that there's a lot to that. But at the end of the day, you know, the bat's the bat, and and for me, give me Juan Soto's bat, especially from the left side.
1: I am definitely surprised. I thought you'd go Acuna for sure. Maybe Tatis because he plays shortstop. Um, but Soto, are you are you guilty of some recency bias here now? No, I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, Hey and Acuna have have the same, you know,
0: essentially the same career path right now, and he's out hit on Acuna. Um, again, I, I think, you know, I, again, I, I don't think you can go wrong with Acuna or Tatis. They're all fantastic. Um, but again, give me the bat and, and the bat belongs to Juan Soto.
1: Fair enough. You've been really active on BA lately. Is there anything that you're working on coming up with uh team USA uh, that we are keeping around?
0: Uh, just team USA coverage and then, uh, some folly coverage. And then we're getting into the top, uh, top prospect season where a lot of our top 10 lists are coming out soon. So, uh, yeah, just keep it up. BA.com and, uh, subscribe to the magazine. It's a great time to subscribe right now with uh, all of our top tens for every organization coming out. So, Uh, Yeah, just keep an eye out. We have a lot of good stuff coming.
1: Nice. Great job out of you, Kyle, as always. Um, Have a good time out there. Don't work too hard. Follow him at Kyle A. Glazer, and we'll get you back on the show pretty soon. Sounds good. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you again to Kyle Glazer. That dude's the best for coming on the show. Always appreciate him when he comes on. Before we get out of here, it's going to be a little abbreviated show today, but got to talk about Jace Tingler. I mean, this is a, a prospect show first, but occasionally we have to acknowledge some things that are happening with the Padres, either a big trade or um, maybe prospect news kind of takes the lead there usually. But when you get a new manager, you got you to gotta talk about it. So Jay Stingler, who nobody knew a few months ago, uh, people seem to be split on Jay Stingler so far. From what I've heard on the radio, uh, what I've heard on other shows, what I've heard um, or just seen on Twitter, I don't think we need to choose a side with the Jace Tingler quite yet. I take pause with the Tingler signing because, first of all, the dude never even played in Major League Baseball. Now, I've said off air to myself and to friends and who has ever been listening. Managers, I don't think managers matter that much and I don't think that's a hot take. I think... A lot of people are just excited that there's a new face in town and we got rid of Andy green who had lost a lot of faith over the last couple of years. And I don't necessarily think it's his fault. It's just, I think he wasn't very given a very good team in those first few years with Andy green, it was building. And then this year there were some expectations and I don't think it's Andy green's fault that Eric Hosmer doesn't know how to hit a, a fly ball. And I don't think it's his fault that there was no pitching. Nick Markavich was in the opening day rotation. I don't think any of that's Andy Green's fault. And I'm really not that surprised by how poorly they played this year. But for now, Jace Tingler, the Tingler signing, it just rose me the wrong way a little bit because if we're expecting to win now as a Padres organization, I don't know why Preller didn't go with someone who has some experience managing someone who's a little older, someone who maybe can help the young guys develop, who can speak to the older guys who has instant credibility when he walks in the clubhouse. I don't think Tingler is a guy that walks into the clubhouse and has that instant credibility with guys like Machado and Hosmer and some of the older guys. I don't know if you'd recognize him, honestly, when he walks in the clubhouse. Um, it's, it's, it's odd to me that this was the choice. I get it's Preller's guy. He has a relationship with him from his days in Texas. He's got front office experience, which is great. He's got player development experience, which is great. He's in the Dominican... Uh, Winter League right now, um, coaching the Escojitos, which Josh Naylor is a part of. So I guess Naylor can point him out to everybody when he shows up in San Diego. I'm not sure how the mix is going to be yet with the old school scouting, the analytics, what's Tingler's philosophy. uh, We don't know yet. We don't know how it's going to go. But this is the second straight manager that Andy's hired. or uh, I'm sorry, AJ's hired who's under 40 who has no prior experience being the manager of a baseball club. And the choices were apparently Tingler or Ron Washington. And I guess Mark Loretta interviewed also, but also not a previous manager. I don't know how I would have felt about Loretta. Loretta was pretty low on my list too, but I don't know why Ron Washington isn't the manager. And then you bring in Tingler as the bench coach, you still get Tingler in the, in the dugout. You get Ron Washington who brings the credibility, the face of the franchise. That made a lot more sense to me. Not sure what's going to happen with Ron Washington yet. Um, looks like he's probably – I assume he's going to stay in Atlanta. He's the third-base coach there right now. But it just – it struck me as very a very odd move to bring in Tingler, the second straight manager under 40, the second straight manager who has no prior experience, and this team is expected to win starting next year and then seriously contend. 21, 22, those years. Dodgers aren't going anywhere. The Dodgers are really good right now. They've got some amazing talent that we saw come up this year. Will Smith, bet catcher, Gavin Lux playing second base. Corey Seeger's healthy. He's gonna have a full season back healthy under his belt by next year. He I expect him to improve. The team is really young. Cody Ballinger's really young. Alex Verdugo. They're not going anywhere. Their youth at the major league level is just as good already as the top prospects in the potteries organization. So, if the Potters expect to contend with the Dodgers in the NL West, I don't see it in the next couple of years, at least. Um, we're looking at wild cards, hopefully. And, and not even this year. I don't expect a wild card this year. But the other thing this signing of Tingler says to me is that whether he likes it or not, Preller. Is going to be on the hot seat soon, not yet, but soon. If things start start going well, don't start going well. If I could spit that out. So far, so good. He's he's built the team from the ground up, which is which is, was his job when he got hired out of Texas. He's a scout first. He knows how to build a minor league. Organization. He knows how to accumulate talent, high risk, high reward guys. A lot of those guys have already paid off, at least in the minor leagues. He's, he's had some help with high draft picks every year. Although a lot of those high draft picks have been safe bets. Ryan Weathers was considered a safe bet. Cal Quantrill was a safe bet. And I don't know what Cal Quantrill is going to do next year. Uh, potential back end of the rotation candidate. I don't see a high ceiling with him, though. Genzi Gore was a great pick. He's stolen prospects from all over Major League Baseball, had some really good trades, Paddock, Naylor. We'll see. Uh, Right now, Preller has shown he can build a minor league team. He has not shown he can hire the right guy to lead the team, and he hasn't shown that he can put the pieces together at the Major League level to have a contender. We'll see. It's, it's still very early. He's not on the hot seat yet. But if things don't go really well this year and then the team doesn't do well next year, I think we start seeing Preller's name pop up as a candidate for the hot seat and a candidate to get fired. So we will see. There's a lot of pressure on the club over the next couple of years. There's going to be a lot of pressure on Preller over the next couple of years. And I'm not slamming the this the Tingler signing i don't nobody really knows much about tingler yet you can read about him it doesn't mean anything we need to see what he does in a in a major league dugout before we make our judgments and honestly managers don't have that much impact on a game to begin with unless we're counting things philosophies styles Coaching behind the scenes during spring training, how does he fit analytics into the into the club? The Potters aren't a, a well known analytic analytics focused team. Not like the Astros, not like the Yankees, not like the Cardinals. A smaller analytics staff than I'd say most MLB clubs. So right now, all we can do is wait and see. It's gonna be a really busy offseason. I think most people anticipate being a really busy Offseason season in San Diego. This club better look way different on opening day than it did last year. There's a, the team just isn't good enough to win right now. And we saw that it was a shocking difference between the Padres and some of the best clubs in the, in just the national league this year. So those are my thoughts on Jace Tingler. Wait and see. But for me, this, this didn't do much. I, I was hoping to see someone with some experience come in, prove to me that the team's ready to win. Now this isn't rebuilding mode. Still let's, I wanted to see a guy like Joe Girardi come in, but Girardi's in the, on the Phillies now. It's a, it's a good hire by them. They're in win-now mode too. They had a disappointing year, and moving forward, let's all let's all just wait and see on Tingler for now. That's going to do it for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. Please follow the show's Twitter account at Friar Farmhands, and if you enjoy the show, subscribe. We're on all your favorite platforms. You have no excuses. Anywhere you download a podcast. Subscribe, rate, review, do all that good stuff. You can find us on Believe.com also. There's a show for everybody on Believe. If you follow sports, LA, San Diego, there's an Aztec show. There's LMU basketball. There's Angels, Dodgers, gaming. They've got it all now. Follow them at Believe Podcasts. Gambling also. Lock of the Weeks. I have been ice cold. Uh, the Lock of the Week this week is Tonight. I don't know if this is gonna get up in time. You'll have to take my word for it. Minnesota Vikings land 16 and a half. That's my lock of the week. The Redskins are terrible. Vikings are at home. Take the Vikings. Please leave your comments, questions, concerns, rating the show on all platforms. Crush my locks of the week. I've been over two my last two weeks, but I'm gonna get back on the horse. I've been crushing the World Series, so maybe I should be leaving World Series locks of the week. We'll look into that. Anyway, you've been listening to Believe in Padres Prospects on the Believe Podcast Network, San Diego's number one sports podcast network for Sick Wade. I'm Ryan. Check you guys out next week. I'm not big. You know, when an issue comes up, if you feel passionate about it or you feel like um, it's something you want to talk about, then then so be it. Um, I also don't think that um, every issue should be everybody's problem.
0: Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.